welcome to this King's Church talk. We hope that you really enjoy it. If you have any questions, please email us on admin at kingscc.org or you can go to the website www.kingscc.org. Thank you. chapter 4, verse 23 to 31. Peter and John left the meeting of Jewish leaders and went to their own group. They told them everything that the leading priests and the older Jewish leaders had said to them. When the believers heard this, they prayed to God with one purpose. They prayed, Lord, you are the one who made the sky, the earth, the sea, and everything in the world. Our father David was your servant. With the help of the Holy Spirit, he said, Why are the nations so angry? Why are the people making useless plans? The king of the earth prepared to fight. The leaders made, make plans together against the Lord and against his Christ. These things really happened when Herod, Pontius Pilate, non-Jewish people and the Jewish people all came together against Jesus here in Jerusalem. Jesus is your holy servant. He is the one who made to be Christ. These people have have your plan happen. It, ha- it happened because of your power and your will. And now, Lord, listen to what they are saying. They are trying to make us afraid. Lord, we are your servants. Help us to speak your word without fear. Help us to be brave by showing us your power. Make sick people well, give proof and make miracles happen by the power of Jesus, your holy servant. After they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke God's word without fear. Good morning. Uh, Thank you, Patrick, for reading that to us. The last few weeks, we've been looking at prayer together and exploring all different aspects of prayer. And I know in our small groups, we've been doing the prayer course. And personally, I found that really helpful and encouraging. But as we, as we explore prayer together, often we're thinking about prayer in an individual context. So just me talking to God alone. Um, and partly that's shaped by our culture. We live in a very individualistic culture, um, and that affects the way we think. Whereas, of course, the Bible was written in a very collective culture. And whilst personal prayer is vital, Jesus demonstrates that in that he often took himself off alone to pray by himself. Um, Most of the Bible's teaching on prayer is actually talking in the corporate sense. When I say corporate prayer, what I mean is praying together with other people. There are many things that are better when we do them with other people, aren't there? Um, Crossing rivers, for example. Uh, In fact, we have a number of sayings, don't we? So uh, two heads are better than one. If you want to go fast, go alone. Uh, But if you want to go far, go together. Uh, It takes a village to raise a child. And then, of course, we live with that prophetic word over the New Frontiers family of churches that we can do more together than we can apart. And then there's that passage in Ecclesiastes 4, which is often read out at weddings, uh, where it says, you know, it's, it's better to be together for working 
for helping one another when we fall, for keeping warm and of course for defending ourselves. Praying together is an important part of our church life. Now, we're in strange times at the moment, aren't we? And, you know, this is the first time I've ever preached over Zoom or YouTube. Um, it's, it's odd. Um, but I can't wait for the day when we can get back together again, in, you know, gather together in a room and worship and pray together. I know there's some people out there who, who actually quite like doing church online. I, I mean, I get it. You can roll out of bed in the morning and do church in your pajamas. Um, there's some fantastic teaching out there. Uh, there's some less than fantastic, fantastic teaching too. Um, there's some amazing worship online. But the time will come when we can gather back together. And it's so important that we do. Because church is more than just a Sunday morning. Church, we're designed to be together in community. We're designed to be a family together. And you just can't do that properly online. I said much of the Bible's teaching on prayer is referring to corporate prayer. Take, for example, the Lord's Prayer in Luke chapter 11. Our Father, give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. The early church prayed together a lot. Acts 1 verse 14, they all joined together constantly in prayer. Acts 2 verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Acts 6 verse 4, the apostles said that we will give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And wouldn't you like to have been in that prayer meeting in Acts 4 that Patrick read about a minute ago? So praying together was clearly a high priority for the early church. This morning, I want to take a few minutes to encourage us in praying together. I'm going to give you two key reasons why I think that's important. And then I'll look briefly. The first reason I believe it's important to pray together is for unity in the church. John 17 verse 21, Jesus prays that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. He was praying for the church. He was praying for us here and now. Psalm 133 starts, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Ephesians 4 verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And 1 Corinthians 12 verse 12, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. It goes on in verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Unity means oneness. 
the whole combining its parts into one, in harmony and in agreement. In the church, I believe it means uh, loving one another, submitting to one another, forgiving one another. You see, we're all different. Uh, we're all different ages, uh, different skin colors, different backgrounds. There are many things that are different between us. But we can celebrate those differences whilst also being united as one body. That's so important for the church and it's so important for the world to see as well. Imagine the difference uh, between listening to an orchestra where all of the instruments are in tune, um, the conductor's bringing in the different groups of instruments at the right time, he's, he's creating space for the soloists to do their part, uh, and then combining everyone to build up to some great crescendo. Versus uh, an orchestra where the instruments are all out of tune with each other, uh, they're all playing different bits of music, soloists are playing over each other, it would be chaos, a cacophony. It certainly wouldn't be pleasant to listen to, would it? But unity is beautiful. Unity is also a common trait for revival. Unity across the different churches. And as the different churches focus on the, the bigger issue of seeing Jesus's gospel advance, uh, those minor differences that we might have seem to get blotted out. Can I encourage you, we have an opportunity. Uh, King's Church is hosting the churches together in Cockermouth area um, on the 1st of July. Uh, do try and be part of that if you can. Unity is built by praying together, praying with each other and praying for each other. You see, praying for other people is a way of serving them. It's not a way of imposing our agenda on them. It's ministry to them. It, it's a normal part of our life together. It's a way that we learn from one another. It's a way that we build each other up and encourage one another. And often we need to pray for each other because we can't pray for ourselves. We're a family. We have one father. We're co-heirs with Christ together. We're, we're in these relationships with God and with each other. And of course, in relationships, there's, there's always issues, isn't there? And that's why it's so important to submit to one another and to forgive one another. Praying together is important as part of church, but it's also important in marriages as couples. It's important in families. It's important with your friends. And prayer is, is not just a program. We're going to be finishing the prayer course soon. And we don't move on at that point. No, more and more prayer needs to become part of our church culture. 
the way we do church together, the way this family works. The other reason praying together is important is because it's how we get power to see the kingdom of God advance. You see, prayer is strategic. If we want to love Jesus and make him known, if we want to reach our friends and our neighbours and our town uh, with the good news about Jesus, it all starts in prayer. See, prayer lays the foundation for everything else we do as a church and as individuals. Mike Betts has written a really helpful book called The Prayers of Many. Uh, and in there, he says, we cannot ask people to step out unless we have in place strategic corporate prayer to give them the prayer warrior support that they need as they advance. Acts 13 verses 2 and 3 says, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And a whole missionary journey and the planting of churches and many people coming to know Jesus for themselves was conceived and commissioned in a prayer meeting. We are weak. I certainly feel weak sometimes. And then in Acts 12, we read about how Peter miraculously escapes from prison. But it wasn't by his amazing strength or even by his incredible prayers. In fact, Peter was asleep. He wasn't even praying at all. No, the power came from God, moved by the many people that were gathered to pray at Mary's house. Power doesn't come from uh, eloquent or poetic prayers. It comes from faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. In that he has defeated sin and conquered death. And that in him we are given authority as we appeal in and through the blood of Jesus. And as we pray like that, we partner with God by faith through prayer. How do we do that? Well, there's books written about how to pray. Um, but I just want to make a couple of suggestions. Firstly, we start in prayer. We start in worship. Mainly because Jesus deserves our worship. He's worthy of our worship. But also, worship helps us focus on him. I don't know about you, but I find some of the issues in the world overwhelming. I, I don't know where to start in praying for them, let alone doing anything about them. But as we worship, we focus ourselves on the one who provides the solutions rather than on the problems. Prayer itself is a way of expressing our love of God. It's, it's all about him. It's not about a meeting. 
Next, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Romans 8, verse 26 to 27, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. That passage applies for individual prayer, but it ought just as much applies to corporate prayer. You may have experienced it where you've been in a prayer meeting that all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes with anointing and everything seems to move up a level. Prayer flows with passion and urgency. Um, issues get resolved. People get healed there and then. People pray in tongues. They can be joining in singing in tongues. Often God will speak through the prophetic in those times praying together. They're good prayer meetings. Ephesians 5 verse 18 tells us to be being filled by the Spirit. And it's not just for our own good, but in being filled with the Spirit, it gives us the power that we need to be effective for God, to be effective for the things that he's called us to. Prayer involves putting faith into action, taking hold of God's promises, stepping out, interceding for the Spirit to move, do things that we couldn't possibly do ourselves. But prayer doesn't replace work. I don't know where I've heard it, but a phrase that's lived with me for years, pray as though no work will help, and work as though no prayer will help. There are many ways practically that we can pray together. I know many of you meet together in prayer triplets or quadrants or whatever the other numbers are. Um, but in small gatherings of, to pray together as you get to know one another and intercede for one another. And that's great. Can I encourage you to carry on? Um, if you're not part of one of those, ask around the people you know. See if you can join in with one of those that's already going on. Or if not, get a couple of people together and start one yourself. And of course, we have our church prayer meetings. Um, we meet on Wednesday evenings to pray. And at the moment, that's done over WhatsApp. Uh, and of course, we have our Thursday morning prayer meeting. And at the moment, that, that happens over Zoom. Pray with your spouse. Pray with your family. Pray around the dinner table together. Pray with your small group. And also look for opportunities to get involved in bigger context praying together. So Friday just passed, there was the Enough Prayer concert. And they, those are great times. Sign up for the next one if you haven't already. Go on the 24-7 prayer website. There's all sorts of resources there to help you pray. So to summarise, praying together helps us build unity. It demonstrates that we are the body of Christ. Building together in oneness like an orchestra perfectly in tune. 
Praying together is of strategic importance. It gives us the power we need to advance the kingdom of God, to see lost people come to know Jesus for themselves. Prayer is amazing. I just want to read something from this book that Mike Betts quotes. Through prayer, there is no problem that can't be solved, no sickness that can't be healed, no burden that can't be lifted, no storm that can't be weathered, no devastation that can't be relieved, no sorrow that can't be erased, no poverty cycle that can't be broken, no sinner that can't be saved, no perishing that can't be rescued. No fallen that can't be lifted. No hurt that can't be removed. No broken relationship that can't be mended. No difference that can't be resolved. No hindrance that can't be shaken. No limitation that can't be overcome. No mourning that can't be comforted. No ashes that can't become beauty. No heaviness that can't be covered with the garment of praise. No thirst that can't be quenched, no hunger that can't be filled, no dry ground that can't be flooded, no desert that can't be blossom, no congregation that can't be revived, no preacher that can't be anointed, no church pews that can't be filled, no church leadership team that can't become one, no community that can't be Christianized, and no nation that can't be transformed. Isn't that what we long for, to see the nation transformed? So prayer is one of the primary focuses of us as a church. It's not a specialist department, not something for those who are enthusiastic or uh, mature or super spiritual, but it's for all of us, everyone. It's the most important ministry of the church because it lays the foundation for every other ministry in the church. Let's grow in praying together. And as Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 11 says, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. God bless you. Have a great day. Take care.